Good day and welcome to the ESPN Media Conference Call with Seth Markman and Mark Quinzel. Today's conference is being recorded. At this time, I'd like to turn the conference over to your host, Ali Sumber. Please go ahead, ma'am. Thank you, Corrine. Hello, everyone. I hope all of you and your loved ones are healthy and safe. Thanks for making time to be with us on the phone today. This morning, I'm joined by ESPN Vice President of Production, Seth Markman, and NFL Network Senior Vice President of Programming and Production, Mark Quinzel. Before we get to questions, I'd like to invite Seth and Mark to share a few thoughts. And Seth, let's start with you. Hey, thanks, Ali. Uh, hope everyone is doing well, as, as, as Ali mentioned. Um, Look, this is our 40th anniversary of ESPN presenting the NFL Draft. It's safe to say we've never had a year like this, very challenging circumstances in the midst of COVID-19, yet we have a great opportunity here to bring fans across the country a little bit of hope, a little bit of joy, maybe a bit of an escape from what we're all experiencing day to day. You know, with this unique partnership with the NFL Network um, and some of the things we're putting together, like Draftathon. We have the ability to assist COVID-19 relief efforts, pay tribute to healthcare workers and others on the front line of the pandemic. We want to stress that we're also doing this adhering to proper social distancing guidelines and local workplace rules that have been put in place during the pandemic. We're really excited to collaborate with the NFL Network. As I mentioned, we have a, uh, a real all-star group, as we've said, combining our ESPN team with the NFL Network team, and I think it's going to be a real win for the viewers, both on our ABC broadcast and this combination ESPN-NFL Network broadcast. With that, I'll turn it over to a guy I've known for a long time and respected is Mark Quinzel. Thanks, Seth. Uh, I think that I agree, obviously, with everything Seth said. Uh, I think that uh, early on in this process, um, we decided that for the good of our viewers, uh, that the best approach was to do a unified broadcast. Uh, and we went in, <clears throat> and again, Seth and I have known each other for years, and our teams have worked collaboratively uh, uh, on the draft for years. Um, and I think uh, the idea of coming in and saying, let's not try to do two shows, let's do one show combining, as Seth said, uh, what I think are an extraordinary group of, of people and elements and, and, and things we produce and create the best possible opportunity to, to do a great show, uh, one great show. Uh, and we're looking forward to doing that. And uh, that's it. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll begin with questions now. And I'm going to start with Brian Jeffra at the Big Lead. And then we'll go to Sam Farmer with the Los Angeles Times. <clears throat> Hello, uh, this question is for Seth. Um, Seth, I was wondering if you could give us an idea of how many people uh, you're going to have in the Bristol office and also how you're ensuring uh, the, those people are healthy, not only coming in, but also going out. That's a great question. Thank you. Um, you know, we've been um, up and operating, obviously, throughout the whole pandemic, and um, we've taken extraordinary steps at ESPN to make sure it's the safest environment for all of our employees. So even though the draft is obviously the biggest event we'll have done in Bristol um, during that time, um, you know, we've gotten some amazing uh, things in place already that, um, that have made it really safe. The cleaning, obviously, that we've had in our campus is, is like nothing I've ever seen or ever will see again. Um, we, we go through a, a rigorous process just as far as every employee that's going to be in the building um, to just, you know, obviously we're not testing at this point, but we are ensuring, you know, that, you know, we're talking to our people, hey, if you don't feel well, you don't come in. There's no heroes here. Um, you know, with the social distancing that we've set up uh, at the very beginning and we've done um, – you know, we've been a leader in that. It will continue for the draft. Just to give you uh, an example, is in a normal control room um, for an NFL draft event, we probably have about 15 people in a control room at one time. And if you add in some executives and, and salespeople and things like that, you're probably looking at 20. 
Um, we are limiting it to seven uh, for the draft. Everybody will be uh, at least six feet apart, and I'll tell you it's going to be more than that as I've seen the setup. We've actually expanded to two different control rooms for each um, for each of our broadcasts. So what all the people that would normally be in one, we've now spread it out to two. Everybody sort of has their own desk, their own area. The other thing is um, we are mandating that everybody wear masks um, at ESPN for our telecast. So not on the air, obviously, but, I mean, everybody behind the scenes in the control room. So it's tricky on a lot of levels. I mean, you're talking about producers wearing masks trying to communicate with the talent and everything that's going on in this broadcast is not ideal, but it, we do believe it's the safest environment, and the governor of Connecticut has also kind of told us that we need to do it that way. So I feel really good about it. We've had constant discussions with our employees. We have more coming just about the safety. We've never forced anyone to come into the building if they don't feel comfortable. Um, and I think we're in a good spot. I don't have a total number. We can probably get that to you. Allie can get to you offline. We're still working through that, but I will tell you it's significantly less overall uh, than a normal draft year. We'll go to Sam Farmer with the Los Angeles Times and then Peter King with NBC. Thanks for doing this, guys. Uh, can you uh, give us an idea of, of some of the technologies that you might use or that you plan to use, maybe beyond Zoom, are there anything, uh, sort of new technologies that will help in the production of this? And, and, and a glimpse of what it might look like, what, 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 how we would differentiate this from a, from a typical draft. Mark, you want to talk about the technology just as far as, like, the, um, the prospects, commissioner, and all that, and I can go into kind of what it looks like? Yeah. Well, obviously, as it was announced, the commissioner will be um, making the picks remotely. Um, in addition to that, uh, we have 58 prospects spread out all over the country um, that will um, uh, be joining us via, via Wi-Fi uh, signals. Um, we also have uh, the various clubs, GMs, coaches, uh, plus a, n a number of elements with special picks and a number of elements with um, uh, shout-outs and tributes to first responders uh, and medical professionals. Uh, that's a long way of saying, I think, at last count, there was something in the neighborhood of about 170, 180 various elements and feeds coming uh, from various parts of the country. Uh, to manage that, <clears throat> we've grouped them, uh, prospects, general managers, coaches, uh, and others, uh, and actually we're, we're running them through call centers, video call centers, um, that will collect them all and then send them on to ESPN in batches and smaller groups to make it manageable. Because uh, in fairness, I mean, Seth and his team are fantastic, but the number of potential things that you could do in any given moment uh, and the number of uh, assets that you have, the number of sources that you have is just mind-boggling. Uh, uh, so we're trying to make sure that we streamline that into ESPN, into Bristol, so that uh, so that it becomes more manageable. Uh, we also have uh, used uh, a number of technologies to make sure that um, we have as many backups as we can, um, whether it happens to be Wi-Fi, whether it's uplinks, that type of thing. And I think that's really the, the challenge here is twofold. First of all is to make sure all the technologies work. Um, uh, and that's been a massive effort by uh, a number of people, including our NFL IT departments and various the two broadcasting departments and engineering departments. Um, and the second thing is to make sure that uh, when Seth and his team uh, produce both broadcasts, that um, that we have an idea what we're trying to accomplish. And clearly, it is about drafting players, but even more clearly, it's about uh, setting the tone. Uh, that we understand that there's something much larger than us uh, going on in the world, and how do we set that tone first thing on Thursday night, and how do we continue to maintain it uh, through the three days of the draft? And uh, we're working very hard with Seth and his team to make sure that we're accomplishing that, uh, as well as using all the technology and all the thousand points of light coming in from all over the country to make sure 
that uh, we're providing the best draft possible. Yeah. It's perfect. I would just add, um, you know, Mark laid it out really well. I think, you know, I just want to thank our colleagues in Disney's DTCI technology team who's also worked closely with Mark's group um, and the NFL and and has been just doing an unbelievable job for the past month keeping our shows on the air and transitioning all of our talent to home cameras. So that that's what you're going to notice the most from a, I think, the second part of your question, Sam, what it looked like. Um, you know, Trey Wingo will be um, solo hosting this for ESPN NFL Network broadcast in Bristol on his own. Uh, we do have Susie Calber with him. She's going to be trying to do some interviews with prospects, hopefully if the technology holds. Uh, when guys get drafted, um, Susie will do some of the interviews that she normally does. Everybody else will be on home cameras. So as Mark mentioned, there's so many different feeds coming in. On the ABC side, we do have a few more people in studio. Um, again, they'll be spread out. It'll look differently. But we have Reese Davis, Maria Taylor, and Jesse Palmer that are going to be in the studio together um, just based on pure geography and the, their, how close they are to Bristol. Um, it was easier to get them uh, into studio. We just you know, from the ESPN NFL side, we were just trying to be as safe as possible, keeping as many people as home at home as as possible. We'll go to Peter King, and then Dan Caesar with the Post Dispatch. Uh, good morning, guys. Can you just tell me how you're going to do? You know, normally you have cameras in teams' draft rooms. You know, for the far away wide angle shots. Have any GMs or coaches agreed to let you put a camera where they're doing the draft? And if so, who? I can, I can jump there. Um, the commissioner uh, meeting with the teams, meeting with the various committees. Um, and I should note that the league itself, Seth talked about ESPN and proper social distancing. The draft itself, um, the execution of the draft, um, is will be held the same way. Um, coaches will be individually in one place. GMs will be individually in another place. Uh, that's happening across the league, all 32 teams. Um, we're also going to place cameras in all of those locations, all the coaches, all the GMs. Um, we have protocols in terms of what we can show and when we can show it. Uh, they're not all the time. Um, but we have general access to them, and also it's designed by the league um, to make sure that in this unusual situation that uh, all the competitive um, uh, areas of the draft uh, are equal and that everyone's having, you know, has the same uh, technology and the same availability uh, to each other and to their other resources. So uh, the answer is all teams will have uh, cameras, I say teams, all coaches and all GMs, We'll have cameras uh, from where they are drafting. We'll go to Dan Caesar and then Kevin Draper with the New York Times. Hello. Just wanted to see how complicated this is compared to a normal draft and also other events. Yeah, I, I'll jump in. I, I, this is the most complicated event that I personally have been involved in, and I've been in ESPN uh, it'll be 27 years in June, so I'll let Mark answer that as well. But I, the coordination that it's taking, um, and the, you know, the 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 just magnitude of the event that we need to do here, and as Mark mentioned, the amount of feeds that are coming in, uh, the technology that we're trying to use, all preparing for this where we can't, you know, we haven't been face to face with our employees to have any kind of meetings, um, you know, obviously we're doing like everybody else. We've done, you know, virtual meetings. Um, I myself haven't even been in the ESPN building in three weeks, and, you know, I'm planning on coming in next week for the first time in a while, and so is a lot of other people. So it's just been it, – it's complicated. It's, it, and now we're adding, you know, the joint broadcast, which is 100% the right thing to do, but, you know, that adds another layer of kind of complications. And, you know, we are also producing the ABC broadcast, um, you know, at ESPN's uh, headquarters as well. So that's another complication. So I, 
I just don't know what I can compare it to. Um, it, it's, it's certainly unique, and, um, you know, we're excited about it. And, you know, it's sort of kind of something that, you know, ESPN employees, and I'll speak for Mark, and I know many people at the NFL Network, we, we, we do enjoy challenges. This isn't one we've ever wanted to have and hopefully never have again. But um, I know everybody's going to rise up to – to this challenge and uh you know we just have a lot of people that you say kind of this is what we want to do and they just make it happen and um i feel really confident but i will say it, it's it is damn complicated yeah i did i'm a little bit older than seth but i'd say the same thing uh obviously been involved in you know super bowls nba finals olympics i mean you name it um i, I there's nothing that even comes close to this um and i think the, there's a lot of challenges all the feeds and everything uh, but i think seth would agree the, the thing we're really focused on is communication um not just communicating with so many more people uh than we ever have before simultaneously but uh commuting communicating with them most of them remotely uh and and, and trying to make sure that that all works uh and and i think that's going to be a, a huge huge part of what we do is um, making sure not only that we have all the elements that we need, but making sure that everybody knows when they're needed, what we're going to do, that type of thing, all in real time. And, and that's a huge challenge for everybody. Um, I'd also say that what Seth said, look, obviously um, we're here doing this, um, and nobody's happy for the, obviously the reason why is just horrific. Um, that said, I think everybody involved, and I think I can speak for Seth's people, um, we realize that not just this is not a normal draft, not in terms of just how we're executing it, um, but I think we all feel a special responsibility to do a spectacular, as best we can, meaningful uh, uh, draft uh, for, for so many people, and I think that special sort of responsibility uh, is driving everybody right now. We'll go to Kevin Draper and then Colleen Kane with the Chicago Tribune. Hi, guys. Uh, I was wondering what you've learned over the last month from kind of doing remote broadcasts and things in terms of what what sort of lower quality video feed or audio feed viewers will accept or kind of where they'll understand and, and be charmed by the house shots and, and, and where they won't and, and where they expect kind of really high quality things. Yeah. I'll, I'll speak to that since, you know, we've we've been doing this from day one here at ESPN. I, I think, you know, you said it. I, I I think viewers have an unbelievable new understanding and tolerance for, for you know, anything that that we need to do at this point. You know, I've, I've watched shows on other networks where people are in their basements or um, the signal isn't that strong or, you know, people have headphones on or, or ear, you know, um, AirPods or whatever they have in their ears. And, you know, I, I just will tell you that we have not gotten any feedback from viewers, you know, um, being disappointed in the quality or um, or what anything looks like. Um, you know, I think people understand it, and I think that they're appreciative that we are trying to do our best to create some normalcy, even though, we can't, and also that, that we are being as safe as possible. I think, you know, I would just say that I think everybody understands it's an extraordinary situation and that, you know, what they see is not what they're used to or what will hopefully go back to at some point. But, you know, I think there's some things that, you know, when we get through all this, we'll, we'll learn from, and also you may see more of, you know, like we have so many home cameras now with our talent, um, that, you know, in the future when there's major breaking news, uh, you know, we used to rely on a lot of phone calls in, and, and now, you know, we've we've got everybody's homes um, outfitted such that, you know, it will allow us to get many more faces and voices on TV instantly once we get through this, and that's just, you know, kind of one of the, the good things I hope that will come from this. Also, you know, just the, you know, how we've all learned and adjusted you know, to use um, different virtual technology to replace some in-person meetings and uh, communicate with each other. I don't think those will go away. Yeah, I'd add to that. I think that's 100% right. But we're trying things, so many things, that we've never done before. And some of them will work, will work better than others. Some will not work as well as we had hoped. 
uh, and we're prepared to adjust for that. But it, I think, again, for, for me and I think for Seth, it, it's worth trying, okay, number one. And number two, as I sit here, you know, with no place to go working on this with Seth and, and many others, I've got the TV on and I'm watching what other people are doing. I'm watching, you know, you just saw what Saturday Night Live did and what the late night talk shows are doing and all these various things that, that people are trying. And sometimes I look at it and, and I go, yeah, I get that. And then sometimes I look at it and go, how the heck do they do that? All right. And I think that helps inform us in terms of, you know, p- potential avenues we can go down to try things we haven't tried before. We'll go to Colleen Kane and then Ben Strauss with the Washington Post. Hi, guys. I was just wondering about the Draftathon fundraiser uh, for COVID relief efforts. How are you incorporating that into the broadcast? You want me to start, Seth? Yeah, go ahead, Mark. <clears throat> the Draftathon is, is a huge um, a huge initiative, I think, across everything we're doing. Uh, by the way, not just – look, the raising money is important, obviously, um, and, and we're focused on that. That said, it's equally important is the message it sends, um, the giving back message, uh, and the we're all in it together message you've heard so often. I mean, part of it's the messaging, too. Part of it's the tone we want to take. Uh, but it will figure prominently uh, across the uh, ESPN NFL Network broadcast. It'll figure prominently, uh, I think, so I can talk about the ABC broadcast. We're going to announce uh, shortly uh, we're going to do a, a whole number of a bunch of things uh, on social media and social streams um, that will uh, that will hopefully drive that message, and obviously try to get it out through more traditional um, you know, communication channels. But I think you'll see it. Um, uh, and, and by the way, part of it it's not just going to be a solicitation for for money. Right? Part of it is, is part of Draftathon is about saluting the first responders, the medical first responders, um, the, the people that are in grocery stores, all the stories that you've seen, and making sure that um, that we give uh, a, a proper salute and proper thank you uh, to uh, all the people that are not staying home every day and, and are, are, are keeping, you know, not just people alive, but food on the table, that type of thing. Uh, and that, that's part of Draftathon as much as the money is, to be honest We'll go to Ben Strauss and then Barry Jackson with the Miami Herald. Hey guys, uh, I got two questions. Um, first, um, you mentioned sort of the, the masks and, and having to um, get permission, you know, from from Connecticut government or sort of how to, you know, how to, you know, push ahead with this or, or do it so that it would be, you know, within guidelines that they would approve. Can you? Um, sort of explain what those conversations were and, um, you know, what they, the information they said they needed, you know, to, to bless this. And then um, second question is uh, when you getting all the video equipment set up for GMs, coaches at all these places, how does that work? I guess is, you know, is there, how do you sort of make sure that that's done safely with IT folks, you know, going to people's houses and, and getting set up that way? I guess like what, precautions do you take and and how does that work sure i'll take the first one because the connecticut part and i'll let mark handle the second one um on the on the connecticut part like look we're we're an essential business as you guys know um you know uh, media is deemed that in in i think in most states um but i know we are in connecticut deemed that so we've just kept you know close contact obviously with the connecticut government as far as um you know, all of our shows that, that we've maintained and, and, and had on the air, and there's certain guidelines we've we've kind of, uh, you know, the, the latest one was last week's, which I mentioned earlier, which said even in essential businesses, you know, you need to be wearing masks. So, um, you know, that was the latest one we got that we quickly, you know, got, um, we at the time we got, you know, it's 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 not mass so much as face covering coverings. You know, a small um, note there, but but you know, we've got bandanas to all of our um, our staff quickly um, to do that immediately at ESPN. And you know, we've we've asked them if they have their own mask, they can wear their own mask, or we will provide bandanas and eventually masks when we get enough to do that. Um, but but no, the Connecticut government, I know. 
obviously it's way above my level, but that, that we've been in touch with them and they, they understand what we're doing broadcasting still and, and that, you know, we're, we're providing a service to the viewer and, and in the safest way possible and we'll continue to follow every guideline that they put in. And, you know, they've asked us to limit um, how many employees need to be in the building to the absolute essential ones. So that's, you know, I guess that's part of the reason I haven't been in in a couple of weeks. I'm not that essential at this point until next week, hopefully. But, um, you know, we've done a great job on that. So I will uh, I'll let Mark answer the, the homes question as well. Yeah, for the homes, for the prospects, for the coaches, for the GMs, um, <clears throat> the goal is, and by the way, uh, almost all of the uh, hardware for this uh, has already been sent out or is in the process of being sent out. And the goal uh, is to have it be self-installed. Um, uh, they come with instructions for the prospects, certainly. Um, and obviously we're going to provide tech tech support remotely. And uh, we believe that the way we've got it set up will allow almost all, hopefully all, of the people involved to be able to set up what they need to set up and for us to be able to test it and work on the shots um, so they can do it at home. That's certainly true of all the prospects. Um, uh, for coaches and GMs and others, uh, same idea applies. Um, is there the possibility that we may need to uh, provide help uh, in person? Yes. Um, that said, we have very strict protocols uh, to do that, and uh, we certainly will not go into anybody's house who doesn't feel comfortable with that that's not in there. But by and large, the vast majority of this, all of it, in fact, is designed so that hopefully we can have these 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 all these cameras installed and up and running um, based on people being able people that that are in their homes already doing it themselves. We're doing things like asking them to talk to their cable provider, trying to increase the bandwidth as as much as possible um, so that the signals are stronger. So the goal is to, to try and self-install to a great degree. Next up is Barry Jackson and then Therese Taylor with Yahoo Sports. Hi, two questions for Mark. Uh, Mark, have you and Seth talked about how often we're going to see your talent on air over the course of the three days? Rich, Daniel, Michael Orvin, obviously. Kurt Warner, are we going to see him a couple times a show, once every hour? And then with your information, man, obviously not going to be on air, uh, uh, Mike and Ian and Tom, uh, would we see them be more active on social media? Will they be allowed to tweet pics? which they otherwise obviously would not if they had an on-air role. Uh, first one, um, Seth and I talked about how to use our respective talent a lot, but the idea is not how much time. The idea, going back to the beginning, is let's create the best show we can, which we're still doing, by the way. We're still formatting, and Seth's team's working hard on that, formatting the best shows three days that we can, all right, without regard to who's saying what to who, um, and then figure out how the best way to integrate that is, who should be saying what. But I, I feel confident, and you know, Seth, I think, would back me up, that you will see Mel Kuyper and Dan, Daniel Jeremiah on the screen at the same time, okay? You will see Kurt Warner and somebody from the NFL. The idea is not to do, uh, let's do an NFL Network segment, let's do an ESPN segment. The idea is to use the people and their various expertises, okay, at the proper time, uh, regardless of which network they happen, they happen to work for. And we're working very, very hard on that. Um, the, the second one is, uh, look, I think that with Ian and Tom and Mike and some of the other people, yes, you're going to see them a lot across social media channels. Um, or we're working hard. You're going to see, like I said, a few announcements on some of the things we're doing, but they'll be all over that. As it relates to the picks are the picks, and that, that is one thing that hasn't changed. Um, nobody gets to tweet anything until the pick comes out of the commissioner's mouth. Um, and we feel very strongly about that, not just for us, but for our partner, other partners as well. So uh, they can comment all they want once the pick is announced. Until then, no. We'll go to Therese Taylor and then Paul Domowicz with the Philadelphia Inquirer. Can 
Okay, let's go to Paul Domowicz with the Philadelphia Inquirer. This one's from Mark. Mark, at what point in this whole process did you realize it probably wasn't going to be doable to have a separate broadcast? And, I mean, were the, was building access at, at NFL Network and at Films in Mount Laurel basically the the biggest uh, roadblock to, to having a separate broadcast? I, I don't think we really looked at it that way. <clears throat> I think we looked at it as I said earlier in talking with Seth and then talking with our respective managements, we really looked at it and said, what's the best thing to do here uh, for NFL fans? Um, and as we've articulated the, the lift here technically operationally from a production standpoint is extraordinary, uh, not just in terms of the, 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 the overall, but in terms of doing so many things that we haven't done before. Um, and to sit here and say, well, so that we can have two distinct broadcasts. Um, we're going to do all of that twice. Um, it just didn't make any sense. Um, you sit there and say all that energy uh, and all those resources and all that talent that we put into, um, into these shows would be better served bringing it together in a unified situation versus trying to do everything twice. That just At the end of the day, once you get past the ownership quote part of it, uh, the best way to do this was the way we're doing it now. It was less about always, less about the facilities, honestly, than it was about what was the best way to execute a very, very difficult show. Why make it two? We'll go to Neil Best with Newsday, followed by Mark Craig with the Star Tribune. Oh, what can you guys tell us about exactly what the setup will be for the commissioner and how you know how that's going to look in his house? <laughs> Not much, um, but not because I'm not because I'm trying to keep it from you. Um, look, we're still working through it. Um, our events team and our design teams, the league design teams, um, working with uh, obviously uh, ESPN and the broadcasters. We're, we're we're figuring all that out now. Uh, literally, there are iterations of what it will look like, and you know, is he standing? Is he sitting? Is he you know all that sort of stuff? What's behind him? What's in front of him? All those things are coming into play and are still being worked on. Um, I think we're getting there. Um, but anything I told you now would probably be inaccurate two hours from now. So uh, we're, we're working it through. We'll go to Mark Craig with the Star Tribune and then Andrew Marshan with the New York Post. Something this massive and complicated, as you guys have explained, what's the biggest concern right now? And, and how much, uh, obviously, you couldn't do a test run with how exactly it's going to work, but how many test runs have you made and what is your biggest concern? Um, I think just all the technology is my biggest concern. I think, you know, we, we can't do any test runs yet. We will do a bunch next week, towards the middle of next week, um, you know, as close as we can to – to get in the draft uh, on the air Thursday, so probably, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, you know, and, and we would normally do some rehearsals anyway, and even if we were at, you know, in Las Vegas, for instance, this year. But um, this will be a much greater rehearsal and to try to um, test all the technology. I think, you know, we, we, we'd really like to still be able to talk to the prospects, to the players after they're getting drafted, to hear from them, you know, on the ABC side, we had a we had a lot of success last year with Tom Rinaldi interviewing player families to just, you know, to change that broadcast a little bit um, to make it a little more about the journeys and their families, and um, we want to try to do that again. So I think, you know, with all the complications, I think I just want to make sure that we can still have some of those moments. I think the draft will will work. Like the draft, you know. Um, the teams and the getting the picks in and all that, that's going to work and that's going to be fine. And that's not really our main concern anyway, but I, I think just making sure that all these um, outlets that we have to try to get different shots of players and hear from players and teams that we get all of that, you know, I think that's just, you know, kind of what keeps me up a little bit at night, but I do have great confidence, you know, and that's what I keep saying is I know the people that are working on this and I know 
um, even though we're working with smaller crews and uh, in extraordinary times, like, I think we're going to be fine, but, like, until we actually see it on the air, you know, we can't be 100% sure. Next up is Andrew Marchand, and then Heidi Fang with the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Hey, guys, I have two questions. I'm just going to ask them one at a time. Uh, and if you, if you said this at the beginning, I missed the first, like, three minutes, so I apologize. If so just uh, one of the big things about the draft always is the fans um, in terms of their reaction. Is there a way that you're going to try to incorporate uh, the fans, and if so, how? Uh, I'll take this. We are testing a, I guess we call it a virtual fan concept. Um, where there'll be a bunch of fans for each team uh, individually in their homes, safe distancing, and can we aggregate that into a group? Uh, to be honest with you, we're still working it through, and by the way, that's a gazillion more feeds, so uh, I don't know uh, where it's going to finally end up, but it's not lost on us that uh, that the fans are usually a big part of, uh, of the draft experience on site, and uh, clearly, we can't replicate that, uh, but we, we are looking at a bunch of measures to try and figure out how we bring fans uh, into the uh, into the equation. And we've asked just one thing to add to that, Andrew, is we've asked at ESPN, we've asked, um, you may have seen some of our talent tweeting this out, uh, we've asked for some fan videos, for some fans yeah. to send in some videos of uh, of them in advance, their excitement over the draft. Um, chance, whatever, so we plan on incorporating those from time to time into the broadcast where appropriate, so we are cognizant of it, like Mark said, um, we've, we've talked about some different ways, that is something that, um, you know, we can't replicate uh, what Nashville had last year, or all the years of uh, Radio City, or um, all the reactions of the fans, so, you know, we know we can do a great job uh, analyzing the players, telling you where they fit into their teams, debating whether it was a good or bad pick. But you're right, the energy and the fan, that that's something that we just – we're never going to be able to replicate. Okay, and my second question, uh, I'll start with Mark. And Seth, if you want to chime in as well, feel free. But, uh, Mark, how do you define success uh, for, you know, for just the first day? Let's just start with that. How, how would you define success for that day uh, for you guys? Well, I think obviously if, if, there's a couple of different metrics. One metric is, did were we able to execute all the draft picks? Um, uh, number one, uh, were we able to tell the stories around those draft picks and, and, and what they mean to the team? Same, that That is similar to past drafts. We're executing it a little differently, but were we able to execute the picks and were we able to tell people what it all means? Uh, the second thing, as I mentioned before, is making sure that we set the proper tone starting Thursday night at 8 uh, and, and, and make sure people uh, understand that we know that the draft hopefully will provide, as Seth said, you know, provide uh, you know, a distraction or uh, some type of compelling content for people to see. That said, um, that we understand that there's a much bigger environment out there and how do we do it communicating that and, and, and weaving that into the broadcast as an important element of giving back and understanding that uh, that we're all in a much larger uh, thing together. That, to me, will be the biggest factor in success. Next up is Heidi Fang and then Brian Steinberg with Variety. Hello. Uh, my question is just how, what emotions, if any, have the athletes or the talent expressed that they aren't really able to be a part of the fan events that were planned in Las Vegas and all the fanfare that was expected? Yeah, I can I can talk about the talent. Obviously, I don't I don't you know pretend to know. I, I can imagine the athletes that that are that are disappointed, but I I can just tell you that we. Um, we had such an amazing plan for Las Vegas um, put together between NFL, NFL Network, and ESPN, many, many meetings, um, and the city itself. Um, you know, our partnership with Caesars there is very important to us, and uh, we, we, the hospitality that we were shown um, was just amazing from all aspects of the city. And, uh, you know, our, our guys are upset, you know, they're, they're, they understand obviously now it, it's never, it's not 
an option. They know that, but they're disappointed, and, um, you know, they, they are excited. I've told them that the hope is that it will be back there at some point. I think the NFL is pretty committed to that, um, you know, that, that it will be back because the plan was so good and the environment would have been so great. Um, and the city was was ready for it, um, but there's a natural disappointment. Look, our guys love being in front of crowds. Nashville was unbelievable, um, just an amazing experience for everybody. And the energy you get and you feed off of that is terrific. So, you know, we know this isn't forever. Um, this is unique. They understand it. Um, uh, but yeah, like Vegas would have been amazing, and it will be again. We'll go to Brian Steinberg with Variety, and then Matt Baker with the Tampa Bay Times. Thanks very much. And I was just curious to give us a little more detail on the ABC broadcast. Last year was a little more, you know, celebrity-oriented, glam-oriented with Robin Roberts and Taylor Swift. What will you be able to do this year, and and how are you kind of differentiating it from the ESPN NFL Network broadcast? Yeah, um, good question. I think, you know, yes, last year we did have a little more of the celebrity factor um you know it's not appropriate to do that this year in our opinion um we will have um some brief appearances from some abc folks um during the show but for the most part uh what we're looking at is and we did this last year is we believe we differentiate it by really focusing on the player journeys and um getting to know the individual players much more than you get to know them on the ESPN NFL Network side. Not to say that you don't get to know them somewhat on that side, but this is where, you know, we really can spend more time um, getting their backgrounds, their stories. There's so many amazing uh, stories that we can stop and when they get drafted, kind of park there and and spend a few minutes telling, you know, the audience where where they came from. You know, we, we had some, like, amazing results last year as far as, um, you know, who was watching the ABC broadcast, you know, like, like we saw such a lift in the amount of women that were watching um, and more casual fans, you know, and that just goes to, you know, kind of when you do something on, on a broadcast network versus an ESPN or an, or an NFL network, you know, you're going to get a broader audience. So like, we're, we think that storytelling that we're going to continue to do will be kind of the biggest difference. Uh, and, we again, we had some of that last year. We'll continue. You know, we were able to talk to a lot of the players uh, before all this happened. Um, uh, at the Combine, we sat down with a lot of the players, so their stories uh, are, you know, I've, I've scanned through some of this. We have over 70 of these, like, storytelling vignettes, we'll call them, Um and they're they're exceptional. We'll go to Matt Baker and then Ben Fisher with Sports Business Journal. Hey, Mark, you said a couple of different times that you you want this to uh, to provide a distraction, but also understanding that there's something much bigger going on. So, given those two things, what, what kind of tone do you want the broadcast to have? I think we have obviously. I think the tone. Um, is yes, we're we're doing a draft, and um, and we hope that that provides um, some entertainment and some comfort, and maybe some minor sense of normalcy. And it's clearly not a normal world right now. Um, so that part of the draft is important, and we think that we want to do a great job of that for those reasons. Uh, and also uh, acknowledging the fact, as I said, that. Um, that it is taking place in in a time that uh, that is creating a lot of a, a lot of uh, uh, stress for a lot of people. Um, there's obviously tragedy involved. There's a lot of things involved, but also clearly um, heroic uh, moments by so many people. Um, and we think that's an important thing to get across. Um, you know, be it any of the medical frontline people. Like I said. There's a lot of people out there, people working in grocery stores, people delivering the mail, all those types of things. Um, and we want to acknowledge that, uh, that, that the draft that we're doing uh, and hopefully the, 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 the comfort and, again, some level of normalcy, I hope, that we're providing um, is in the, in the context of understanding what's going on in people's lives because those, those are our fans, okay, and those are the families of our fans. Uh, and we want to make sure... 
that were, hey, by the way, we talk a lot about what the balance is, you know, and we're still talking about it. Ben has disconnected, so we'll go to Michael McCarthy with Front Office Sports and followed by Richard Ryman with the Green Bay Press Gazette. Um, Hey, guys, uh, two questions. First, for Mark and Seth, what kind of potential audiences do you think you could draw for this during this sports (laughs) shutdown? And then, Seth, I want to ask you, what has been the impact of ABC doing its own draft on the overall coverage? Sure. Um, I guess I can go first there. Uh, Look, I'm I'm not even going to offer a guess on the ratings. Um, You know, this event annually draws a really, really big audience. You know, there's obviously a lot of anticipation this year. Um, you know, I, I think Mark and I both thought, even before all this happened, based on the quality of the class, which we've kind of, like, kind of lost, um, you know, a little sight of over the last few weeks, which we can understand. But, you know, when you normally talk about quality of class, and, and this one is, is right up there. You know, you have household names, big quarterbacks, big quarterbacks, you know, college stars, national champions, so I think we, we were set up for a a big ratings year anyway, I think. But I think, you know, because of the circumstances we're all in, you know, I think we're just waiting kind of to see, you know. I think we're optimistic about it, you know. Um, you know, real, realistically, I think you all know we don't have the competition we may normally have, um, you know, whether it be NBA playoffs or, or other other sports, baseball, um you know, that we would normally get. So there's, there's, I think there's more eyeballs and more anticipation. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even hazard a guess right now. I forgot what your you second know. question was. But go ahead, Mark. You want to answer that one? No, no I, you just, I, have, I have no idea what the audience is. Um, I, I, to be honest, I haven't really thought much about it. Uh, we're so focused, I think, on, you know, trying to produce this thing, you know, obviously I think a lot of people will watch, but haven't really even thought about how many. And right now it's not that important to be honest. Yeah. What was the second question there? Maureen, would you mind opening Michael's mic? Michael, you're right. Uh, Yes, the second question was for Seth. Can he talk about the impact of ABC joining the coverage? Got it. Yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot that, Mike. Um, you know, like it's been a great thing for us, actually. Like we've we've for the last couple of years, we've kind of you know thought, and this goes to years and years ago. I think one of the mistakes we made sort of was like thinking of this only as an NFL event, and um, you know, at least on our side, over the last couple of years, we we said, you know, we're not we're underserving a little bit of an audience here that that's a, you know, twofold. One would be a college, you know, audience that, that knows these players, loves these players, you know, spent the last three or four years with these players. And the other audience, I think we, and I mentioned it earlier, Michael, is that we underserved, you know, a female audience and a, and a general audience, you know, and I think on the ABC side, that was something that, um, we focused on. And last year I was, I, you know, I was just reminded last year, uh, our, we grew our female audience or our female audience overall was 46% female on ABC. So that's, that's sort of an amazing t- statistic of, you know, when you can draw on that kind of a female audience for an event like this. And I think, you know, that group for the most part in our, in our group, in our research afterwards, we're really drawn in on that storytelling I mentioned the time we took to really, you know, tell the stories of the kids, to get behind the scenes with their families, um, you know, that's how we feel like we can separate the two broadcasts. And the great news last year was that, you know, it's the first year we did the ABC broadcast. It didn't hurt the ESPN number at all from a rating standpoint. So we, these were new people that came into the to watch the draft. So, you know, we obviously we, we produce both broadcasts. Um, you know, so we work closely together. We use, uh, you know, we, we we use the same resources. It's not a whole bunch of extra people, especially in these times. So we're pretty efficient. And, uh, 
you know, we, we like the fact that we have given the viewers a couple different choices. We'll go to Richard Ryman and then Alex Silverman with the morning consult. Uh, I believe all my questions have been covered. Thank you. You bet. We'll go to Alex Silverman with the morning consult. Hi, thanks. I, I don't have anything further either. Appreciate it. All righty. Let's check in with Hiroki Toda. wanted to ask, how could this draft be a model for maybe other sports draft or maybe other countries' draft? Thank you. I'm sorry. Um, I think you said you know, we discussed about other drafts. Is that is that what it was, Ali? Other sports That's drafts? I heard, but could you, could you repeat that one more time for us? Uh, yes, yes. Um, uh, since, the, you know, this pandemic is going, um, I, was, I was wondering how could this this draft will be a role model maybe for other sports this draft. Got it. Yeah. So, so I can answer that quickly. Um, you know, we have the WNBA draft on Friday night. Um, I think that'll, um, be interesting and in a lot of similarities to this one. Uh, we've worked together closely with those folks at ESPN, um, a lot of similar technologies being used. So I think that'll be similar. I've actually heard from some of our, um, uh, our, our folks at the um, MLB Network, our friends over there, they're preparing for a, uh, a baseball draft, so they've checked in with me as far as how um, how we're doing this one. So I think they're um, already looking at some of their options as well, and, and we're happy to help them with some of our learnings. And then eventually the NBA draft, you know, we'll, uh, whether that happens on time or is pushed back most likely, I think we'll could be in a position of having to do this again for that draft. So I think – you know what, Mark and I kind of uh, were sort of the guinea pigs here a little bit, but um, you know we'll have some successes and some failures that uh, hopefully can some folks can learn from down the road. Yeah, and I think Seth makes a great point. And I also think you know, as in many things, necessity being the mother of invention, uh, we're going to find some things here that um, that uh, to your question, uh, uh, years from now <clears throat> we may you know next year, the year after, whatever. Uh, will be incorporated in drafts, not because there's unfortunate necessity, but we figured out that my gosh, we can uh, we can it can be additive. We can cover things in a different way and 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 make it broader and more entertaining. So I think there'll be a few of those examples. And I know we do have more people waiting on the line today. I apologize, we are running out of time. Um, so please look for future advisories. We have a couple more calls this week. And if you need anything specifically um, from ESPN, from NFL Network, please feel free to reach out to me or Andrew Howard. We'd be glad to help. And the audio replay of this call will be available later today at ESPNPressroom.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great rest of your day. And ladies and gentlemen, that does conclude today's conference. Thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect.